For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. D. Yo. Man, Niners Twitter was going off after the schedule got released. I mean, all, like they were mad. Like <laughs> like big mad. I don't understand that one. But we'll get into that too. I don't understand why you get mad at the schedule. Yeah. Schedule ain't never hurt nobody. Upset. Upset uh, upset at the the schedule. Not so much the schedule, but the reaction to the schedule. They feel like it's some haters out there. We'll discuss. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by betonline.ag. He is Super Bowl champ Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Whoa, 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 whoa. So much to get into on this show. Big show. Big, big, big show, ED. Uh, schedule like has big, since. Big, 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 big show. Yeah, Keep yeah. Going. Uh, how about a, a big, big. BA type show. Does that work? Yeah, yeah. Um, that'll work. That'll work. So the schedule was released since our last pod. Um, so we got to get into that. And then we caught up with Charlie Fisher. Charlie Fisher coached Brandon Ayuk at Arizona State the last couple of years. And uh, Charlie bringing some great insight. We're going to talk to him, give you some insight into BA and just the type of player that the Niners are getting uh, and, and some great stories uh, sure to come from Charlie Fisher. Uh, if you read any of his interviews, you know that he's got some good nuggets, um, and so he'll he'll drop a few on us as well. Um, first things first, though, the schedule was released, and Niners Twitter was just upset. Like I, I, I don't know if it's like if they were like really really mad, or if like the the stay at home order just kind of got to him. Like a part of me feels like because of the stay at home order, it's made it so easy for people to just be upset and like criticize and like all these things now. Right. Because they're just so pissed off themselves. They're, they're just taking it out on whatever, whatever comes across them. So, you know, this time last year, schedule was released. There were some pundits out there that, you know, project the schedule comes out. You project the schedule, right, Ed? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yeah. And you've done this before, right? And and so last year, this time, you know, the the big thing was the Niners going to finish three and thirteen. Well, they flipped that on its head. You know, once they started mm-hmm. playing real football this year, our, our man Ryan Clark, we talk about him uh, uh, quite a bit on this show. He, he predicted the Niners will finish ten and six. Uh-huh. And you would have thought, you would have thought, <laughs> you would have yeah, thought, thought he was going. He he would have said they missed. They were going to miss the playoffs. There are are something just outrageous, and people were upset. Like a ten win season is pretty good in the National well, Football League. Last time I checked. Well, no, the, the, um, the people don't realize you have to. It is very. It is extremely, extremely difficult, difficult to win a football game. See, yeah. I wouldn't even go in ten. It is it is incredibly difficult to win a football game in the National Football League because there are no easy games. There are no bad schedules. There are no bad teams. There are no lack of talent. Teams can perform poorly for one reason or the other, be it coaching, be it personal reasons, be it injuries. Uh, be it scheme, but no one is bad. So to win a game is difficult. To win ten is I, I, I'm, that's a Herculean feat in the NFL. Yeah. That's why so few teams consistently do it. That's why what the Niners did for over twenty years, twenty five years, what New England did for all of that time and has done for over two decades consistently. It's hard, man. It's hard. So, ten and six is not bad. If he says that, I don't know why you'd be mad at him. I know everyone coming off a of thirteen and three. You know, they you feel you're like, oh, yeah, you feel slighted. You want to go up and and win more, but um, it's it's really hard to win thirteen games two years in a row. Yeah, and you, you know my philosophy on it. And, and when I was with the Niners, we didn't even look to win thirteen. And I mean, twice when I was there, we finished fourteen and two. 
Um, finished 13 and three. Um, I mean, always we won at least 10, no matter what. I mean, 11 and five once. Um, it's, but we, we always looked at it like 12 and four, 12 and four. That's the way we looked at it. You know, let's go 500 on the road, go 500 on the road and win all our home games. Win all your games at home. Right. And we felt like that would give us home field advantage. That's the way we looked at it. We, we, we looked at every year saying, let's go 12 and four. So, and, and that's the thing. And then it's like, you, you try to get as close to that as you possibly can. Once you get there, then, Hey, you want to keep winning. Cause obviously you're a good team. If you've gotten 12 wins then you may as well try and get 13, 14, you know, if you still have games left, but that's, that's, yeah, it, it's, um, no slight to say that you believe that this team is a 10 win team, because that's saying you believe it's a solid football team. That's a playoff team, which means you got a shot at getting into the dance, which means you get a shot at winning it all. Yeah, and by the numbers, this because the Niners finished so well last season, their schedule is supposed to be tougher. But uh, this season, but um, a couple of things that that stand out to me that that, that we want to discuss. We got all off season, obviously, to talk about the the, the schedule. But five. <laughs> um, Five national television games, which is tied for mm-hmm. tops in the league. That's the max that you can get, by the way. So the the, the Niners yeah. scheduled to be. Didn't featured. they have that last year? Didn't they have that last year? Oh, I don't believe I they... so. I thought. I know there was talk about. Um, let's see. They were on Sunday I night they with had five last with yeah. the Seahawks. I believe it was the Saints that had okay. five, and that was the reason. But the Niners I, got flexed a few times. They so did get, they ended up, they did get yeah, flexed they ended a few times. They're on, yeah, because they were on Monday night against the Seahawks. Uh, they had Monday night against the Browns, and then they were uh-huh. Sunday night against the Packers, Sunday night against uh, the Seahawks. That's four. I think that was it. Okay. Um, okay. Unless I'm missing one. Uh, y'all uh, let me know. If, know. if I miss one, let me know. Um, But so they got, they got five scheduled um, this time. Um, the bye comes week 11 as opposed to week uh, four, what it was uh-huh. last year, which which yeah. I thought was absurd. Um, but you start off. No bad time for a bye, man. No bad time. Yeah, you, I never, remember you, you saying that. I remember you saying it's, that. It's never, it's never a bad time for a bye because, because you can look at it this way. Uh, if the bye, if, if the bye, so right now is week 11. So later in the season, you're looking at it like, okay, they're going to get some rest and they're going to be able to take a break and, and get their legs on them for the playoff push. Well, what if uh, there's an injury? What if there's some type of injury early on? Early on. So let's let, so listen. So now I'm not trying to say anything. So if your quarterback goes down to any team, I'm not even going to put it on the Niners. If any team, if your starting quarterback goes down, things changes. So let's just say you're looking at it and you have a stretch in there where you're saying you're going against a team that's not, you know, on the way their season has morphed, they are not one of your more difficult opponents. I'm not going to say easy game, but they're not one of your more difficult opponents. And you're looking at it like, okay, this week we lost our quarterback, but we believe What's happening over there? They're not playing well. It gives you a shot. So that's one week he gets to rest. That injured person, that star, gets to rest. Then we have the bye week coming, and that happens in week four. That injury happened. You know what I'm saying? So you get extra rest for that person to go down. So now, and after and after that bye week, you have a divisional game or something like that. So now you get a stretch in there where you can heal up. So and, and if and if it happens in that situation, it's perfect. Like we you saw it happen for Pittsburgh uh, a few years ago, where they lost they they lost Ben and they had an early bye, but they lost Ben, and because they lost Ben, as opposed to it being a murderous five week stretch, they were able to they were able to get through it and come out in in, in a two and one when you you can lose four games in a row. You, 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 you find a way because of the way the opponents is stacked up and it gave you an opportunity to heal. That's why I said it, it never comes at a bad time. It just depends on where your season is and what's going on and how things are for you. All things, and I know what you're looking at, all things being equal, everyone being healthy, in theory, it's a, it's a stretch and you're not tired. And everyone gets to, you know, rest, right? I mean, everyone gets to rest, no injuries, 
and everything is perfect. So you you like to look at it like kumbaya. I just look at it like football, man. You can't predict anything. <laughs> kumbaya. You just never. Yeah, you just, that's it. You you know yeah, kumbaya, whatever it was. I never seen the Lion I mean, King. Like You've that. never seen the Lion King. Oh, no, I've never seen a Lion King. Is, I don't like musicals. I start. I tried it because I. What, I, I it's never an American classic, Ed. I, I I wouldn't know. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I've never seen Grease and all those types. I've never not, seen Grease either. But the yeah, so I, the original I, Lion King, like the animated one. No, I've never seen it. Oh, that's like that's like that needs to be in the collection. Like the, well, the, I tried the, it. I I tried it, and then it started. I tried it, and I was like, "Okay, I'll watch it," because you know I've seen and heard the story and all this thing and everything. And I tried it, and then they started singing, and I was like, "Oh, this is a musical!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, let me out of here." And that was it. I that's just not my thing. The I will say this: the 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 most recent one that came out what was it last summer? I wasn't really feeling that one all that much. Yeah, but the yeah, well, I, the original I know one the difference. that oh, that was, that's it's an American I, it's an American classic. Well, I guess it depends on what part of America you're from. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, Happy Days is an American classic, depending on where you are, you know, so Sanford and Son. You know, so is good time. You know, yeah, it's it's all that you look at. (laughs) That's that's a real thing. That's that's a a real thing. Um, Um, the what else was that another uh musical oh, well the dr- schedule oh no back to the schedule back to the schedule because i know i threw us off there for a second the schedule how do you see the schedule playing out let's well, let's play the the the, the 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 um the record game are you gonna play the record game all right mm-hmm. okay, so, so they can get mad at you the way they got mad at oh absolutely Clark. i mean the, the, the you're gonna play the record game I mean, I I don't see a loss. I mean, I, I don't even know. I, I don't know what Ryan Clark is sitting on. He he. The thing about Ryan Clark is he had You're so soft. He Look had he, he had You're them so going ten. Did, did he had you, them, wait, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Stop it, stop it. You just said I don't see a loss. So you have them going undefeated. No, of course they're not going to go undefeated. Either. So I'm I, saying you just you just yeah. sat here and said I don't see a loss. They're going undefeated. No, they're, like, I I you, I, you are soft as as a basketball I, player. I I, I, <laughs> I I subscribe to that basketball theory in a sense, like. I I feel like there are some losses just written in the schedule. Um, there, there's some some things like you just can't do about it. like it's just a loss written in the schedule. I think one absolutely of the, one of the things that 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 got Niners fans all you know up up in a, in a bunch was the fact that Ryan Clark had them losing three in a row and four or five. Um, mm. and and so that that was tough. All right, so let's go through this schedule. Um, I, I did I actually did this. Uh, and, okay, but you were just afraid to say it. Yeah, well, no, I I didn't write it down. So now we're gonna do it audibly right now for the for the nation. Um, okay. All right. So here we go. Week one, home against Arizona. Right. That's a win. You go back to back weeks in New York. You go at the Jets and at the Giants. Right. And so they're gonna stay mm-hmm. out there the whole week. Um. A- after that game, so I, I say three and zero. I wish we used to do that. I wish we had done that. Yeah. And that, I, I, we, we never did that. That's a that's a Kyle thing. John Lynch likes doing yeah. that as well. Um, so yeah, you're, you're we th- would come back and forth. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're playing playing in the same stadium. I mean, might might as well. Stay oh, yeah. Out I mean, there, right? we dude, dude. I had a, I had one season where and remember the NFC West used to be the 49ers, the Atlanta Falcons, the you know the uh, Carolina Panthers, and the Saints. I had one year where we started off. We we were playing the NFC East. And we had the AFC East, and then in our division, um, we you know we had those teams, and the schedule wasn't set now the way they have your divisional games near the end of the year. They were just sprinkled in all over. So first game of the season, we played a Monday night um, in New in in um, against the Giants. Uh, we flew home, and we played the we had the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that following week then we flew back to buffalo we played buffalo we came uh, back the following week we had to fly to new orleans the following week we had to fly to play um the the jets so we were just going back and, back forth, and forth across the country yeah. like that yeah yeah we we you know all, all the time. So, but back to your schedule. Back to the right. schedule. So you, so uh, week four, Philly at home, Sunday night football. Right, I have a hard time okay. seeing them lose that game. Right, so that's four and zero. Oh. You get through that first quadrant, you're four and zero. Oh. Week Got five, it. Miami at home. 
Uh, Tua, God bless him. Ricky quarterback, all that. Don't see that being a loss. 5-0. and uh, Rams home Sunday night. Sunday night national TV game. Uh, I got that as a win. Week 7, Jimmy G's homecoming of sorts at New England. Um... I don't think they 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 don't they don't let Jimmy G down there. That's a win. So I got them seven and zero to start the year. Uh, week eight they go to Seattle. I see them taking their first loss. Come back home week nine. Uh, Thursday night football against Green Bay. I got that as a win. And then week ten at New Orleans. I got that as a loss. Week eleven you got the bye. Week twelve against the Rams. That's a win. Monday night football against Buffalo. That's a win. Washington, week 14, that's a win. At Dallas, Sunday night football. Um, That's going to be a tough one, but I see them winning that one as well. I see them beating Arizona in Arizona, week 16, and then a win against Seattle to cap off the season, week 17. So I got them 14 and 2. Oh, wow. Wow. And you know what? I wouldn't – hey, I've done it in the colors, I you know, on multiple times, so I wouldn't see it. But uh, I'm not going to go through it, you know – um, inch by inch the way you just did, but this is the way I see it. I see that for some reason, this is the thing. I see 11 and five. I see 11 and five. I see them winning division. I think the division is going to be tougher uh, than people think. I, you know, cause you are Seattle is going to be a good football team. Um, I, I don't think the other teams within the division are as bad as, uh, everyone thinks they're going to be. Uh, I think the talent base of the NFC West is a lot higher than a lot of other divisions. So that's why I think there there's going to be some there's going to be some weird. I always said football's not round, so it bounces some crazy ways sometimes. And I think there are going to be some weird bounces in there. But this is the issue that with my eleven and five that I keep going back to every time I see that. I'm like you. I feel like they can get off to a nine and two. And I'm like, at a nine and two, it's hard for me to see you. You've gone and you got, you know, three quarters of this season done. You're nine and two. It's hard for me to see you not winning at least three more games. Yeah. You, you know, that's that's the thing. That's that's the thing. I'm looking at it. But and and as much as I can, even the, the nine and two, what gets me right there is like I'm saying. I can see nine and two that could possibly be eight and three. So that's, that's where it is. I'm saying that like, there's a little hiccup. And if that hiccup hits early on where, where it's eight and three, and you're still a really good football team because, because the records that we're talking about, that's what I'm saying. The records that we're throwing out there are really good records. So all of this being said, I'm not concerned about it, about the playoffs and having an opportunity to win a championship. I'm not concerned about that. We're really just talking about, your home field advantage. We're talking talking about where you're going, and I, and I said that's not going to be a big deal anyway, I, I, because only one team is going to get a bye. Yeah. And I and um I I've already said that it's going to be rare that that team that gets the bye is going to win the Super Bowl anyway, because it's only one of them now. The odds the odds of that one team winning the Super Bowl every year is just that's just not how football works out. So it, it really doesn't matter right now because <laughs> you're not going to get a bye. But the question is, have as good a record so you can get games in your stadium. That's what you want. Of course, you want to buy, but I'm not concerned about that. But that, that's where I am. I, I, it's, I, I'm, I'm going to stick to my 11 and 5, but, but you, you, you see what I'm saying? I, I feel like they can get off to a 9 and 2 and – and I think if I'm wrong, I'll be wrong. I'll be wrong on the plus side of it. Ten and six, yeah. It, 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 ten and six is a possibility. I think twelve and four is a possibility. Yeah, I, I got I'm a gonna, nine but and I'm two stick as well. I'm, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I see. I see nine and two. And and the only reason I'm saying the ten and six, and because that first string of the and and how you're looking at it, and you got that long string going, because I think they're going to get off to a really good start. I'm with you on that. Divisional games can be tricky. They can be, even when you're better. Um, the Philly game could be a tricky game. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know what I'm saying? There's some games in there where you're playing a good opponent that 
um, that, that they have their eye on the prize too, and they're good organizations. So there's some tricky games off in there. Uh, and, and it has, has nothing to do with your talent. It has to do with that night and the chemistry and everything falling into place and, and where your new stars like the BAs are going to fall into place and how soon they're going to fall into place and start performing um, the way they need to perform. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Because when you think about what Debo was doing in December as opposed to what Debo was doing in October. So all of those things have to fall into place. So, but that's 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 where I'm going to go on the record. I, 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 am, I have no concerns. I did a I did a show today with someone, and they asked me, "Do I believe that the Niners are still the team in the NFC?" And I was like, "Yes, yes." And I, I was like, the, "The record doesn't matter. They, they 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 are in charge of the NFC until someone takes it away from them." And I think they did everything possibly, everything that they possibly could up until this point on paper to make certain that they remain in that position. I, I feel confident about that. So, you know, so, you know, I, I don't know. The, the hate can come. Like a few years back when I said the Niners were going to be the worst team, I said they were the worst team in the league. You should have seen it, dude. Dude, it, it looked like comet, comets were falling out of, the, out of the sky trying to drop on me. They were throwing so many flames my way. Faithful ain't no joke, man. They, they, but they, you know they what? Come, they, but, come, they come in droves. But I, but I just tried to point out to him, like, tell me where I lied. I was like, tell me where I lied. When I said it, I was like, tell me where I lied. I was like, there's no way this team could be good because of the moves that they had made in the offseason. And I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to say I was correct. Yeah. Because it, it was no way – there's no way you can get rid of six key contributors, six of your first rounders. Uh, I, I mean, it, I mean, six. All the guys weren't first rounders, but the guy, who, the guy who you got rid of that wasn't a first rounder was Frank Gore. <laughs> I'm like, so right now with this Niners team, so that's what I'm saying. The core of this team, and you and I have been preaching at the entire time. The core of this team is intact, and the and the pieces that you lost, you went out and you tried to replace that production. You can't replace that person. Well, that's why I say, you, you know, you, you can't. Ken Law is not. He is not default, but Ken Law is Ken Law, okay? <laughs> he yeah. can move men. So you try to replace the production. I think they've done that. So this team is still the one in charge. Because I remember, you know, we sat and looked at – I remember sitting in the Hacienda at the watering hole during training camp in between practices having beers. Yeah, we used to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, up in two-a-days, the DBs, we were sitting in there drinking between practices. I said it again. Um <laughs> We were, we were sitting there looking at the schedule. And you know how they say one week at a time? You're taking one week at a time? I remember, look, I remember looking at their schedule, and we started looking at them, and we were like, okay, we got, um, you know, the Saints here. We got San Diego here. We got this. We were like, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. And, and then we were just like, okay, we went all the way down. I think it was like week 12 or something like that. We had or, or 11 or 12 or something like that. We had either the Giants or – uh, I mean, one year it was the Giants, and we were like, okay, we – I don't know if we're going to be 11-0 because it looks like we're going to be 11-0. and 0. Let's <laughs> just say we're going to lose one. Okay, we'll be 10-1. And, one. and the other people were like, with Dallas, like, okay, we're, okay, we're going to be 12. Like, we got to lose a game somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> it's like, I don't see I don't see it. I don't see it. And then, you know, that's the thing about it. You you look up, and you're 10-0. and 0. You're ten and zero, and your division's won, and you know you're going into November, and the division's already won, and it's it's one of those things where you just like, well, now we got to keep playing, and since we're playing, we got to win. We may as well. So that could happen to this team. When you get off to that start, it's it's when you win, you get off to a nine and one start. It's hard to believe that you can't win at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I see. That's what I think they have an opportunity to do the way the schedule is played out and the way the scene is built. I'm but with you on that. The, the other thing you got to factor in also is, well, it's difficult to factor in now here in May, but once we get to the fall, it may look a little bit different, is there's always a team – that you don't necessarily expect, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, will it be Washington? Will it be Arizona this year? Like, like, no one thought the Niners would be the Niners 
last mm-hmm. season, you know? And, and so those are yes. some, those are some things you, you got to look out for. Heck, it, it could it be Miami you know or, or even Philly, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, no. Well, you know what? And see, this is something that, that no one is thinking about, it, and you're saying it right now. I just said the division. It could be the Rams. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's one it's one of those things that if, if Sean McVay I, – I, Sean McVay is a very good football mind. Wait, he Sean didn't forget McVay, how to coach? He he hasn't he hasn't forgotten how to coach, but he hasn't made his adjustment. And you know, I said the issue the issue I saw with the Rams is that they were still doing what had worked previously. They hadn't adjusted and moved to the next phase because everyone had caught up to what they're doing. This man has had an opportunity to look at what he's been doing and the adjustments he needs to make. Yeah. And I'm not going to I'm not going to sleep on the fact that this guy can find ways to get his talent to perform. I've seen him do it before. And you know, that's my thought about this league. Once you've done it, I'm not going to question whether or not you can do it. I know you can do it. So I have to make certain that I'm prepared to not allow those things to happen because I know you are capable of doing it. I've seen them do it. We've seen these guys, you know, throw 35, 40 points up like it was nothing. So I'm not. That's why I'm saying I'm not going to count the teams out in this division. You know, everyone's saying Arizona is the one you need to watch. You need to. I hadn't seen Arizona do anything since Godzilla was a lizard, and you know how long it took Godzilla to get that big. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's you know, while. since he was a tiny little. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but but let's just let's just see how it all plays out because you are correct. There will always be this squad that's going to jump out that you don't know anything about and how they're going to get there and, and what's going to allow them to perform that way. So once you once you get that, um, and we figure out who that is, and whether or not they're on the Niners' schedule, that's another thing too, because that team may be in the um, AFC. You know, yeah. so you ne- you never know. You it may be that 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 Baltimore surprise, because yeah, you know the Baltimore. Let, let's see what they're going to do. You know, Baltimore is always going to be in the mix. I mean, nobody knew they were going to be that. Nobody going to be that. Nobody, nobody thought they were going to be that good uh, last yeah. year. Um. We're going to talk to Charlie Fisher here coming up in a moment. But first, we got this from Bet Online, and uh, they extended the stay-at-home order, Ed. So yeah, they're talking mm-hmm. about through July. They didn't cancel my baby's first birthday. <laughs> no, they didn't. My- you know, listen, listen. No, they they, they 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 should cancel the half birthday. They can't cancel your baby's birthday. That is the real thing. That, your baby what- was born on that day. These other dates. They are make believe. You're just making them up, man. They're, they're all on the calendar. They're all on the calendar. I, I, I see one calendar. They're they're all on there. So while we're here waiting this thing out at home and trying to figure out what to do for birthdays and anniversaries and all this other stuff, uh, you can still have some fun betting at BetOnline.ag with no NBA, NHL, or MLB to think of. There's nothing to bet on, you think? Well, Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. But sports aren't totally done. There's still the esports. They got the NBA 2K League going on right now. Um, been watching a little bit of that. There's American Idol. They're all at home right now doing the thing Zoom style. Um, haven't necessarily watched it. Not a big Idol guy, but I have seen the commercials. Uh, there's Big Brother. There's the elections. Not sure how we're going to have those if we're all at home. Um, and also the $750,000 poker series. There's still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering expert. It, question for you, Edie. Since... Since this draft, is there okay. one thing or one story about Brandon Ayuk that has maybe caught your attention maybe more than anything else? Uh, I, you know what? I can't say that there's anything that has just jumped out at me like that. I imagine the way you preface that you have one. A lot of it is what I've sort of – after hearing what the – organization has had to say about him it seems like everything that i've been hearing has sort of fallen in line because they were so enthralled by this guy's abilities and and you know they were just so gaga in love with him so what is it and then everything that i hear 
you know, the way he works and um, the mindset that he has and the way he approaches getting better, um, the way all of these type things are what you would expect for someone from a coaching staff and organization to feel that way about a guy. So I guess that's why I'm saying I'm not that surprised. I, I just been around it so much and been around seeing what works and what doesn't work from the other side that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of numb to some of it, you know? Yeah. I, I think for me, it's uh, a couple things. One, uh, saw that picture of him in a Niners uniform as a kid. So for him to kind of come full circle and, and to play for his favorite team, <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and then also uh, another thing that, that sticks out to me is he's, he's a JC guy and um, I, I follow JC football a little bit. And, and so those dudes, man, are like you, you got, you got to be cut from like a different cloth, you know, to, to be a JC guy and, and really get after it. Um, and to do it and to excel and, and to get to the next level because um, it's not well, you got to want to play ball. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and particularly, I mean, J.C. in California because it's not – I know a lot of people saw the whole Netflix thing and they had – what were they, right? East Mississippi or, or whatever. Um, that's different. Like, that ain't J.C. ball out here. Like, there are no dorms. Um, there, there's no scholarships. Like, guys out here yeah. playing, you know, like for the love of the game and, and trying to move on. Like, I, I've talked to guys who have, you know, gone to school, gone to practice all day and then worked – graveyard just so they can have money to pay for their tuition or to have food this that or the other um and to continue to try to live out their dream of playing football um so those guys are they're just they're, there's like a grit and in, in a determination um with with a lot of those guys so that that's something that that kind of stuck out to me i guess now we'll have our chance to ask charlie fisher about all that we'll, we'll talk to the asu the former asu wide receivers coach charlie fisher coming up on the other side of the break but first this from our sponsor Angie's List is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot and we're pleased to be joined now by Charlie Fisher. He coached Brandon Ayuk during his time at Arizona State. He was his wide receiver coach. Uh, coach Fisher, thanks so much for uh, taking the time here. For, before we get started here, just uh, wanted to uh, you know, wish you and, you and your family well. Every, everybody doing well? You guys, How are you guys handling the pandemic and all that? Well, we're doing good. You know, I'm back on the East Coast, so I'm back in my home state of Pennsylvania. You know, when I, I left Arizona State and, and have retired after 40 years of coaching. And uh, so I moved back East, and uh, it's good. I got a round of golf in this morning and uh, always looking forward to, to talking to guys some football and certainly talking about my man, uh, B.A. Brandon Ayub. Awesome, awesome. Um, So I was reading a story, and there was a, a moment – uh, in practice, when when Brandon uh, he kind of first got to campus and right. he made a play, and you and Rob Likens, the uh, the, right. the OC at the time there at ASU, you both kind of looked at each other. Rob said, "Ball or alert." What what was it yeah. in particular <laughs> that you guys saw on that play that that um, made you think, okay, we might have something special in this JUCO transfer? Yeah, twitch, explosion, uh, you know, ability to make a guy miss with ease and then just explode into the end zone. You know, Rob and I spent, have spent a lot of time coaching together. I was at Temple uh, as offense coordinator in the early 2000s. Rob was with me as my wideout coach. I was coaching the quarterbacks there. So, you know, you kind of have a center, synergy with guys you've worked with for and know really well. And uh, we just kind of looked at each other and Rob, Rob, you know, one of the all-time classic lines, baller alert and, and uh, you, you can relate to that. I know you've seen that out there on the field. And, uh, and uh, you know, Brandon just – you could see. And, and we knew he had a lot of talent. I mean, it was obvious to see on his, on his video. And Rob had actually seen him practice or play. I can't remember which one. but Because Rob was with the previous staff, and they had been recruiting Brandon. And then in the transition when Herm came in, you know, we had a look. Not, it wasn't that we weren't recruiting him, but just trying to make some decisions on what direction we went with some certain positions and who we went with. So there was a little bit of a lull there. And then uh, we got back in, you know, really 
really going after Brandon Hard again. And, um, you know, you could see his talent. I mean, that, that wasn't even – I mean, that was I've – do, I've done this a long time, so it was easy to see. Yeah, what beyond, you know, just, you know, the physical and, and the ball alert, you know, play. Right. Let you – let you know that this guy was going to be ready to move to that next level. Cause I've seen interviews where you said, I'm not surprised by anything he's doing um, at the time. Well, you know, such explosive, he got an explosive first step when he catches the ball or coming, coming off the line. He's got great feet. Uh, he can bend uh, built like a running back, Eric, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I had a young man at Vanderbilt. I, I use comparisons a lot with guys I've coached over the years. You know, man, I had a Vanderbilt Earl Bennett, uh, yep. who plays the Bears for a number of years, uh, was built exactly the same. And Brandon is, is much longer than what you would think for a six-foot receiver. Uh, he's got a tremendous wingspan. Uh, I think that was obvious when they measured that at the combine. He's got uh, almost 10-inch hands. He's got uh, arms so like a pterodactyl. He does. He does. And he, you know, he's built. He, he's just one of those guys, uh, you know, I, I know you from Aniston can relate to this. He's country strong. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know he's not country, but oh, I haven't heard uh, that in a long time. <laughs> but uh, but you know, he, my dad, you say that all the time. He just is a strong young man, and he and he plays strong. You know, he breaks tackles. Uh, he can run through a tackle, and he can make you miss. But but he plays big, and and you know, there's certain guys that play like that. They just play bigger than what they are. So you know, but his explosion. Um, natural plucker of the ball, the way he catches the football. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't fight himself. He's got natural hand-eye. Um, he's got a nice catch radius. But you know, the thing that always has stuck out to me is his run after the catch ability. And I know that's, yeah. you know, that's what put him on the map, obviously, early on. But it's just his ability to to create plays. I guess that's a good way to put it. Just He just can create plays, bigger plays than what they, you know, maybe were designed to be. Charlie Fisher, a former wide receiver coach at Arizona State, joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Uh, coach Fisher, Coach Brendan Ayuk during his time uh, with the Sun Devils. Um, you talk about that ability to to move after the catch. And, and how much of that um, do you think helped him last year, being able to showcase that as you guys were kind of – uh, you know, implementing a new quarterback and and, yep. and there was, you know, some of those short to inter- intermediate throws. How much of that do you think kind of helped him get to where he is now in terms of being able to showcase that part of his game? Well, there's no question. I mean, we, we, we definitely had a plan. Anytime you've got a great receiver, you, you have a plan to get him the ball. I mean, you're, you're going to devise ways to get it to him. So, you know, we were always getting the ball to him on screens, tunnel screens, maybe quick screens outside, get a blocker or two in front of him, uh, those types, you know. So he was always going to get a handful of those. And then, you know, he, he's so good in the intermediate game. And that's why I think he's just a natural fit for the Niners, the West Coast offense, if you will, the, the short passes that become big plays. I mean, that, that's right up his alley. Uh, you know, we used him vertically a lot with four verticals. He has the ability to be press, um, you know, with, with – uh, he has a good good idea what to do there. But, he, you know, his, his quickness, his explosion always gives him a chance against press, and, and he's strong. So, as, as, you know, former DB, Eric, you know that. He, he's got enough strength to, to fight through the jam, and, and he's got enough quickness and explosion to give him a chance there. But no question, we were we, – we, absolutely had a number of plays to get him the ball fast and let him do his thing. Well, Kelly Shanahan said that he was his favorite receiver coming into this draft after the evaluation period because he thought the physical attributes that you described so well would allow him to play every wide receiver position. And after coaching him uh, the amount of time that you have, how would you rate his football acumen to be able to come in and be ready to play all of those positions right now? Because the Niners do need that wide receiver one. Well, you know, that's a, that's a good question. You know, I always think, uh, you know, the curve for any any position, I, I think the curves are, you know, maybe a little bit bigger wide out than what people think coming in, depending, on the, complex, depending on the complexity of the system, which – you know, I'm going to take a wild guess here, but having been around football my whole life and been around, you know, <laughs> West Coast terms, you know, the West Coast offense is is pretty involved. They they move guys around a lot. Um, you know, I was at Penn State with Bill O'Brien. We had New England's offense. You know, similar, a lot of mm-hmm. movement of guys around. 
So, so Brandon's going to get moved. I think, you know, Brandon's been in a no huddle offense. You know, he hasn't been in a huddle offense. He hasn't uh, had to, you know, have the four, maybe three or four sentence verbiage plays. And, um, you know, so that that's going to be an adjustment. And that would be for any player. You know, Nikhil Harry came out from us a year ago, and it was an adjustment for him with the Patriots. That just – that takes time. He has the acumen. I mean, he's a, he's a bright kid. He, he always very attentive in meetings. Ask good questions. He's got all that, but there's going to be a curve there. And uh, people say, well, coach, is he better outside or inside? You know, personally, I think he's a natural outside receiver that can be developed as an inside receiver. But I've always liked him outside. He just has a, a, you know, running outside type routes, Mm -hmm. I think, right up his alley. That's not to say he can't play slot, guys, but, uh, but I've always liked him outside. And we pretty much, we moved him inside some. But we kept him kept him on the edge more than we did inside. Charlie Fisher, our guest here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Coach, um, you talk about just his room for growth. A guy mm-hmm. growing up, play running back, played uh, DB in high school, um, didn't really start playing wide receiver until he got to JC, and then he gets to you guys. And it, it seemed like his JC years and in his two years – there with you at ASU were very comparable first year kind of came in did a little bit and then second year just took off just exploded um what what does that say about you know how much growth he has you know in in terms of his ceiling and and not necessarily even being close to 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 his potential his ceiling's way out in front of him and uh, I think that's what's really good is that you know I've talked to obviously through the season so many scouts and very similar questions of what you are asking me and I felt like you know, number one, he's going to help a team immediately in a return game. So you're getting value there because he's, he's a dynamic return guy. Um, so so you've got that piece. And then his ceiling as a receiver is all out in front of him. I mean, you you know, most people know he came from junior college. And Brandon would be the first. They did a nice job with him there. But th- that's a jump in its own right to, from the junior college ranks to the power five. Yeah. And, and I can remember his first year. You know, he had some success early, but we're sitting there. We got Nikhil Harry established number one at ASU. We, we got Kyle Williams, Frank Dart. We had some other guys in the room. Brandon's working his way through. We're playing him because we know we've got a really good player, but he's not getting the quite the targets, not because he did anything wrong, just because it's hard to split the ball up so many ways, but he was doing good things. But then, you know, Stanford game, he started to break out, and you really started to see him get confident. And then he – Huge game against Utah and Tempe in 218. We beat them there. He, you know, played fabulous. And then the bowl game with Nikhil declared for the draft. Brandon was the number one. I think he caught 10 balls in that game. Fabulous game returning the ball. And you just saw a guy that's the guy. And and I've always been a big believer. You know, your offseason leads to your to your season. And, and if you have a great offseason, a spring ball, and, and then you double that down with an outstanding summer. Because, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a game anyhow. You guys know that. You get quarter one and that early January, yep. February. Then you go through spring ball. And then that's two. And then your summer is, is a quarter number three. And then you got preseason camp is quarter four. You could just tell. I, I told all my buddies, I told these listen, this kid's ready to take off, and you guys don't even know who he is, you know? And I would tell all my buddies that. I said, you guys don't even know who this guy is. But, again, I've seen enough guys. I, I You know, he he had he just needed the opportunity to get 80 targets, you know, and uh, and that's – I don't know what his total target was at the end of the year, but he got a bunch of them from us. And so what he did – didn't surprise me that he, you know, he, he kept improving because he worked hard. You know, the thing we don't talk about with this kid very much, but I certainly did with the scouts, he's durable. You know, he never missed a practice for me. The only way he missed a practice was if with, with discussion with her and we said, Hey, let, let's just, let's ease it back a little bit on Brandon. Cause now, you know, they have all the GPS monitors on guys and all that. And so you can track all their running and, and this kid would run all day now. I mean, he, you know, he, he'd throw up some, some serious numbers running and uh so we try to save his legs a little bit but this kid never never missed practice he's durable he's tough and he plays on saturdays and and you know durability and availability is an ability right yeah that's the most that's the most important one yeah you, yeah we, we are pleased to have brandon oaks uh, wide receiver position coach at arizona state here on the pod today uh breaking down all the things you guys want to know about him from the past i got one more for you though that yeah. i'd like to know if you Love had it. him 
because I, I love the way you said it, so much is out in front of him, and that's the mm-hmm. way you want it to be. You don't want a guy to peak too soon. You that's don't want right. him to peak, you know, his, his freshman year in college or a senior year in college when you've just drafted him. So looking at, looking at B.A. If, and knowing what you know about him, you if you had him one more year, mm-hmm. what would you go into that offseason in those different quarters and, and look to see him improve on? Well, I think, you know, number one, I think he can continue to polish his route running and not because he can't, you know, he, he's, he's a good, he takes a lot of pride in his route running. You know, we spend a lot of time working, you know, on that part of it. Uh, but, you know, there's certain cuts. I mean, we, we ran a lot of speed cuts, Eric, uh-huh. which, you know, is a big pro cut where it's off your fourth yeah. outside step or third or whatever you're doing more down to some down the field routes with him. And those take a lot of work. Um, you know, he really worked hard to, to improve himself on that. And, and I think that's a, you know, as a, as a, as a professional, that's an area where, you know, he's just going to continue to evolve. He's going to learn from some guys that have been in the game there. Uh, you know, they're going to be able to uh, drop some great knowledge into him at the pro game. Uh, I think that's an area of improvement for everybody. Certainly, you know, football acuum, just learning the pro game. Uh, it will be a little bit different for him, but you know, I've always felt like, you know, football's football, you know, open, closed coverage, those type of things. It's going to go up. There's going to be better players. It's going to be more competitive on a, you know, game to big game basis, but he's played in big games. He's been on a big stage. He's certainly prepared for that. And he's a, he's a quiet competitor. You know, Brandon's not a loud kid. He's not going to just be chirping all the time, but he is very quietly confident in himself. Uh, he gained a lot of confidence at Arizona State, and uh, he's a quality, quality young man. That's you know he likes to be coached, and that in its its own right is is a quality and it's an ability to be able to listen to people and try to do what they ask you to do and do it the right way. And he always, I can tell you from coaching him two years, you know, never like may coach. I'm like no way. You know, always wanted to get you knowledge, always wanted to learn, and I can appreciate that in any player I've coached. And I just, I just know, you know, with the knowledge he's going to get from the people there at the Niners, and uh, you know, he's a lot like Debo Samuel. You know, a year ago I said, because I look at all these receivers, I always said Debo Samuel was my favorite receiver a year ago in the draft, and this kid is a lot like him. I mean, they're very similar, right? They're they're both strong, yeah. uh, running type guys that can run with the ball after the catch. So. You know, I love to. I love to have Brandon Ayuk another year. If you want, you know, if, if I go back to coaching, if you want to give him to me, but I don't think the Niners are going to do that. And if I can add to it, I'll give you one more insight. I think the Niners had more knowledge about this kid than anybody. And you know, they have obviously from their they were in the building a lot mm-hmm. uh, with us. And John Lynch, you know, has a has a close personal relationship with Coach Herm Edwards with her uh, from, yes. from their time, mm-hmm. and then. You know, Freddie Gamage, I don't know if you guys, Freddie is in the building now as a, as a personnel scout, you know, was uh-huh. with us my first year. Freddie played at ASU, so he's yeah. with the Niners. So there was a lot of, in, and Freddie was there when we recruited Brandon. There's a lot of inside knowledge in the building that would be trustworthy knowledge. And that there's a difference between getting information and getting trustworthy information, as we all know. Yeah. And uh, I think the Niners had a really good feel for uh, – for what they were getting and what we were, you know, the information we were giving them. And then I know Brandon, you know, four or five days before the draft mentioned to me, he'd been in a lot of contact with the Niners and he was hopeful that he'd go to San Francisco. You know, he's from Reno, so he's not far away there. And uh, so I know he's excited, you know, to wear the, the Niner colors. That's Charlie Fisher joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Coach, great stuff. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for being here with us and sharing uh, these these great stories and this great insight. And uh, be well. Hey, anytime. You guys be safe when you get a free moment and they, they get that quarantine, go hit that golf ball and have some, some fun and <laughs> long and straight. <laughs> there you go. Keep hitting them straight, Coach. Thanks for joining Absolutely. Me. Eric, you get to Aniston now. You got to get back in that, back down there in the, in the uh, SEC country, right? Oh, yes, yes. You, you, you know it's always in your blood. Always in your blood. <laughs> I try to tell this guy here, you can't. You can't get away from that. It's I, I was born into it. It's a religion down there where I'm from. Oh, boy, isn't it? Uh, that's great. Well, guys, always great to catch up with you. I appreciate you allowing me to come on, and uh, I certainly wish B.A. all the best, and we'll be following him close here. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Thank Coach. you, guys. Have a great day. You too. All right, bye-bye.
All right, special thanks once again, Charlie Fisher, joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. You know, E.D., one of the things that stuck out to me, and it's been something that has been talked about a a lot leading up to the draft and and now even after the draft, uh, and you talked about it too. You said he's got arms like a pterodactyl, 81-inch wingspan. Like, that is absurd. Like, how, how does that affect you as a corner, trying to guard that? Well, I mean, it really doesn't. <laughs> really? Yeah, to be honest about it, it doesn't. I, 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 I have well, to only ask that is. because you say, like, catch radius, right? Like, there's uh, – well, yeah. Like, so, his so, is I mean, infinitely I, bigger than a lot of dudes. Well, I still have – well, it depends on how big the dude is. So, so that's all relative. So his arms his arms are long for his height. So what if I'm, what if I'm um, covering Travis Kelsey? You know, what if I'm – you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah. Just, it depends on the receiver. If you're if you're covering a taller receiver, a longer receiver, so that's all relative. So his arms really don't affect me. Actually, it'd be better if he were a DB, long arms like that, from from uh, the ability to be able to jam at the line of scrimmage and um, you know the distance that you could be away from a guy and still make a play. It's an advantage. I think it's more sort of an advantage to a, a defensive back in that aspect. But you know, again, some of these things I'm numb to. My my job is to be where the ball is is to get to the ball. I'm not concerning myself with the receiver. I'm going to diagnose what it is he's doing, and then it's a question of how quickly can, once I figure out what it is he's doing, how quickly can I then start, stop, restart, get to the, the intersection point of the ball and um, the receiver. That's, that's the thing. So um, it, it makes it, it'll help out a quarterback when you look at it because it gives, what it does for B.A., it gives them the opportunity to play bigger. So, so that's the advantage for him personally because that he has that longer wingspan. If he's willing and he has shown that he is to play above his head, there are some guys who just don't play. They're little guys, and they, don't, they play little. Some guys are smaller guys, like Steve Smith was a smaller guy, but he played big. Deshaun Jackson, smaller guy. He played big. big, big he played over his head. They, they both would play over their head, and and B.A. is a person who plays over his head, so that makes him a bigger target than a six-foot uh, receiver. That's the advantage right there. If you are a guy who doesn't play, and I'm trying to think of what was the receiver that the Rams drafted 10th overall a few years back, and they traded. I think they traded in the Dallas. Oh, uh, um, Tavon. I, Tavon. Yeah, Tavon Austin. When they drafted him, I said it. I said it the entire time he was playing. I was actually announcing for that team. I was doing their pregame show and everything, and I said it at that time, is that he's a small guy, that he will never, ever be what they want him to be. He'll never be more than a returner in this league because he's a small guy who plays small. He, he catches below his head. He does below his shoulders. He, he's so if you are a smaller guy playing below your shoulders, you you're always going to be a small guy and football is not for small guys. So that's that's the that's the difference. That's the advantage he has that he plays above his head. So um, six feet is not little um, anyway for a receiver. That's not small. But then when you add in the extra length of his arms, it's like he's a it's you know, he's like he's a six two six three guy. Yeah, because of you, you know what I mean. So that's that's the advantage that he has. But so, so that's what I'm saying. So the dis, the disadvantage doesn't come in for DB in that aspect of it. It's more so an advantage for him being in that body. Because all you can do is is perform with the body you're trapped in. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because he he, he was a DB uh, heading into JC, and they for whatever reason they turned him into a wide receiver. Um, it's worked it's out. Well. Playing DB man, it yeah. worked out well for him. But it's it, it, it worked DB, out. Man. Yeah, it worked. It worked out <laughs> extremely well for him. Um, it, it it's funny. Coach Fisher talks about just you know being able to, um, you know the the work ethic and, and being able to to ingratiate himself into this offense and, and being you know a pretty good fit, um, for this offense. If if you're Kendrick Bourne right now. Ed, what what are you thinking when you see they drafted a guy with in the first round, they mm-hmm. drafted another guy in the seventh round, and all of a sudden you you, you pick up the newspaper and uh, a lot of people are saying those two guys 
are going to eliminate you from any starting position. Um, how, how, if you're Kendrick Bourne right now, how, how are you taking that with this, these new additions into the wide receiver room? You catch the ones that come to you. You have no control over that. You can't do – as a player, the only thing you control is not whether or not you get cut. You can't, you can't, get, you can't cut yourself. You can't put, make yourself play. You can't bench yourself. You can't make yourself first team, second team, third team. The only thing you control is what you put on film once they allow you to cross the lines. So that's all you can do. And Kendrick Bourne has an advantage on anyone who are they're, bringing, they're bringing in. And they are going to draft someone every year to replace you. Like 13 years of football, every year they drafted someone to replace me, except for the year they traded Tim McHire, and they drafted me with the pick that they got in the trade. They drafted, you know, that's what happens. They 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 drafted me to replace someone, and then the very next year they were drafting people at my position. So you get better, and um, you know it was interesting, and it's true. We were we were talking we were talking to Coach Fisher, and as he said, you, you got to think about this. BA comes from a no huddle offense. He's going to have to get accustomed to. He's got a new language gotta, to learn. He's got to go in a huddle. He's got he's got he's got to go in a huddle, and and it's not just going the huddle. It's it's getting the information because now it's not going to be some symbol or something like that. You're going to have to learn this language. You're going to have to learn this new language. You're going to have to and, and you're going to have to be able to not only learn that language, but you're going to have to learn that language and understand how to translate it against defenses that you've never seen in your life. Concepts you've never seen in your life and the type of competition that you have never gone against. Yeah. That, so so that's the thing, because I, I, I'm just bottom line. There is no there is no college player i don't care if it's a cuda i don't care who it is there is no college corner that you can go against that is going to be as good as the number one and number two corners on a pro team they're just not yeah they're because they they have things to learn Akuda has stuff to learn Akuda is not going to be as good as the, whatever he is not going to be as good as the corners that he lines up with when he first starts camp he's not going to be as good as them now he may have more physical talent but he's not going to understand the game and how to play the pro game and, and deal with pros. So that's the thing. So I, I, it was interesting hearing him say that, that it's going to take some time because I've always thought that that's why, that's why very few receivers do what Randy Moss did and just come in and just light the league up like that. Very few rookie receivers do that. Most of the time it's more like um, Debo. Yeah. where you gradually get better and better and better because you have to learn that language. You have to learn how to play against people and the different schemes and seeing. Because remember I told you a wide receiver is only as good as um, – I mean, a quarterback is only as good as the wide receivers when because they have to see what he sees. I, a quarterback can stand back there – and set his protection. Now, I know if I want to go 50, if I want to go 60 protection, if I'm going to go 70 protection, I can do all of these type things, and and we and I'll explain all of that to you when we get off there. We don't have to talk about protections, but we <laughs> we can we can uh, we, I can do all these things, and I can look at it, and I can see if this is a cover two, if it's a cover three, I can see if it's a roll coverage, if it's a combination coverage, I can see all these things. If my receivers don't see it. Until they until they see it, I'm going to be a bad quarterback. You 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 have and it doesn't and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what goes on if one of those guys is getting fooled it doesn't work. The 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 Indianapolis Colts lost on an interception in the Super Bowl to the Saints because and everyone saying well um, Reggie Wayne quit on his route. No, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne actually read the defense properly. Yeah. So he was getting ready to adjust his route. Caden Manning got fooled. Mm. And he threw the ball into a rotated coverage. And the corner was sitting there in the flat. He got fooled. 
So and, and it doesn't matter if one of the guys get fooled, it's it's go it's going to happen. So Reggie actually made the right adjustment based on the coverage, and I know this for a fact. I'm not speculating. Peyton ran it, but they're always going to say Reggie Wayne didn't do what he was supposed to do because you you know you can't put down the other guy. Yeah. But that but that's that's just football. That's that's football. Um. So that that's going to be that's that's one of the things just to see how that all plays out and how quickly he can pick it up because there have been guys that you see come on and light it up, but it's a question of how much you can give them. So born right now should be ahead of those guys. So that's why I'm saying if, if I'm born, I'm not even concerned with the other guys because he can't control that. He, he's never going to be a second round pick. He's never going to be a first round pick. He's never, he's never going to, um, have the luxury and security that those two guys have. He's never going to get the chances, um, and have the luxury of, of failure at a rate that those guys have, but that's irrelevant. They're never going to have the experience that he's, he's been playing longer. They're never going to, they're never going to catch up to where he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, so, so take advantage of that. You have something that they don't have. Use it to your advantage. It's going to be a big talking point this offseason and obviously heading into the season as well. And uh, something we're going to discuss here a whole lot more on the Believe in 49ers pod. A special thanks to Charlie Fisher once again for joining us. Special thanks to all you out there for listening. Hope you guys are being safe. Oh, wait safe a minute. Wait a minute. Well. Wait a minute. What's up? What's wait, up? wait. No, they can't go. They can't go. It, it's just something. They, they can't You've say been bye watching. Yet? We can't say bye yet. I have one more thing to say. Have you been watching The Last Dance? Of course I've been watching The Last Dance. What 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 is the overriding theme of The Last Dance to you? What is it as a fan of, of that show? <laughs> For What's me, the overriding? It's, yeah. it's been if you piss Michael off, then, you know, he's going to do something Michael-esque. That, that's Michael that's S. that's kind of what okay. it's been. That's kind of what it's been for me. It's been his teammates who. Um, wait, 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 hold. But what is Michael esque? You know, what is Michael S. Define that. Something, something dominant. Like he carried a chip on his shoulder, right? So he was mad at. Okay. He mad was he was mad. Barkley won the MVP. He was mad. People were comparing Clyde Drexler to him, and so he just okay. proceeded to just bombard those guys in the NBA Finals. Um, okay. I think that okay. that that's kind of what it was, and then the gambling as well. And I. I, I Somebody shared some stories about the gambling with me too, which I thought were hilarious. Uh-uh. Outside of that, but what what, what about yeah. you? Um, the overriding theme, um, and, and that's why I want to say when you said Jordan esque, I, w- I want to see what you say. Um, like Scott Burrell, I, I know Scott Burrell. I mean, he's a friend of the family. I've known Scott Burrell for for years. He actually, I actually, he he and my wife are better friends. Um, I've got I, I've gotten to be really good friends with him. But he and my wife used to work out together at the same place when he was still playing. Yeah. So I I know him really well. He would tell me these stories all the time about Mike because he was still playing at the time. Yeah. Um. This is when I was in Charlotte. We we both lived back there. Um. You know, I was I was at Charlotte during this time when he was playing there. So we would, he's just such a big kid. This dude, it was illegal to, um, so in the, in the, in the county, Mecklenburg County where Charlotte is, uh, fireworks were illegal, but in South Carolina and Charlotte is right on the, it's like 10, 20 minutes from the South Carolina border. They're legal. This dude had a, this SUV. He went over, uh, to South Carolina one fourth of July and, um, came over to, I mean, he went over in a truck and I think he bought every firework in the state <laughs> and came back and just parked it out in front of our house. I'm not li- I'm, I am not lying, man. Uh, even cops were out there watching. It was like great America. I, I mean, he he we, we I'm not lying, man. We had a 45 minute firework show. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. But with that being said, um, talking about how tough he is and how tough everything is at that point, what I have noticed through this, and I used to tell him this, that basketball players, tough guys, a lot of them from tough situations, big men, I mean strong men, big men. So I'm not saying this as as individuals, but as athletes, competitors, they are the weakest-minded athletes <laughs> on planet Earth. I'm talking, so the overriding thing for me is affirmation that basketball players have little tiny mosquito nets. It's, it's a firm. They put it on wax. They put it on wax. 
because I'm looking at this and like, okay, these guys are doing Michael Jordan and he would get on you. So he talked bad to you. What? I'm, if any of those guys had spent, had, if they had to spend 15 minutes with Charles Haley, they would have all quit. <laughs> quit. No, they would have never played. They would have never, that's all I have to say, man. And I'm going to let you go right there. Okay. That, we can talk this. We'll, we'll finish this on the next five. There, 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 there's something to that. Uh, special thanks, Charlie Fisher. Uh, our thoughts on the last dance. Special thanks to you guys out there as well for listening. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by betonline.ag. For Super Bowl champ Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. We will see y'all next week. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.